for a long time, since March of 2021, I've been asking the Lord, God, what is our New Year's revelation for 2022? If you've been with us for any amount of time, every year we have what we call a New Year's revelation. How many of you guys making resolutions? No? Yeah, just a couple of you? Let's just be honest. How many of you guys want to lose weight in 2022? All right? Okay. It's a resolution, okay? Ain't nothing wrong with resolutions. Ain't nothing wrong, okay? Some of us make resolutions to quit smoking. Some of us make res- resolutions to, to stop drinking. Some of us make resolutions to stop doing this, stop doing that. There's nothing wrong with having those goals and having those set, right? So that way we can go and reach those goals. But the thing about resolutions is you're chasing after something. When it comes to a revelation, it comes from you. It's something that God plants inside of you, and then it begins to nurture, and it begins to grow, and it begins to germinate. Before you know it, it becomes full-blown by the time the thing matures. See, a revelation takes process, a resolution you have to chase after. So a revelation grows within you. So every year, we, we, we ask, I ask the Lord, God, what is it that you want to do with our church? Last year, last year the, revel- the New Year's revelation was New Era. Does anybody remember that? It was New Era. We had a New Era's conference with Robbie Dawkins, right? Matt Stitt, it was so good. Okay, we had, a, we had a New Era this and we had a New Era that and it was all New Era, right? Because we believe that God was doing something new. It was the beginning of something new. And I can literally look back on 2021 and see certain things now that the year is done and see certain things where God began to do something new in my heart and in my life. And especially with our church. Begin to see that. I can see it as I look back over the year. This year, I believe that God is going to give us our identity for 2022. Who we are in Christ. Because there's too many people, especially believers, walking around not knowing who they really are in Christ. They've equated their religious and their, and, their, and their walk with God to just simply coming to church and having good morals and values. I want you to know, Christianity is much more than just having good values. It's about you living in the power in the kingdom of God and walking as if you are the representation of who Christ is here on earth. Amen? Don't get quiet on me now. I need my white hanky, man. I need the terrible towel. Is that what they call those things? Right, Quentin? Sorry about the Steelers, buddy. So tonight... Come be with us. So I just begin to ask, God, God, what is this? So what are we going to be focusing on for 2022? What is going to be part of our identity? I believe God's going to continue to unfold who we are, who this church is, right, as we move forward. But the things we're going to focus on mostly is on discipleship, which means to equip. We're going to focus on winning the lost, because everyone deserves a chance with Jesus. We're gonna focus on winning the lost. Intentionality, focus on winning the lost. We're gonna focus on community with our table groups because we need strength to grow and mature, right? I believe God is moving us. Guys, listen to me. I, I believe this with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. God is moving River of Life Church to a new platform. I believe that. To a new identity, to a new place. And I don't know what that all looks like. And as it unfolds, you, you guys will all feel it. 
okay? But I do know this, that we have turned the corner. I'm so happy about this. We have turned the corner and we're gonna see the things that God has planned for us begin to unfold this year in 2022 and beyond, amen? Gonna focus on intentionality, outpouring of the Holy Spirit, praying that God will burst open heaven and pour out his spirit upon our church and upon our community and upon the other churches in this community. All we have to do is say yes. How many of you guys wanna see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit? I mean, a bust out, break out, Holy Ghost revival, okay? And I'm not talking about God dropping bombs. That's not what I'm talking about. I think that the, the, the worst thing we can do for a move of God is, real, is, is try, to, try to compare and try to make ourselves be like the last move of God. I think the thing we need to do, I think what God's gonna do is, is, is when I talk about an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, I'm not talking about just boom and then boom and then revival. I'm talking about you understanding who you are in Christ and coming to the realization of who Christ has called you and beginning to be the warriors that Jesus Christ has, has placed you on this earth to be. That's what I'm talking about, where you're gonna walk confidently in Christ. I don't care the things that have happened in your life in 2021. Why? Because this year is a new start. It's a fresh start, baby. Everything's going to be new for you. Amen? It's going to happen. Our theme verse for this year, I have a theme verse every year, is Jeremiah chapter 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Let me read the NASB. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity. To give you a future and a hope. This is our theme verse for 2022. And you might think, oh, pastor, that's the one that everyone quotes for the new year. I want you to know, man, I struggled over this. I prayed. And God says, no, this is it. Because God knows the plans that he has for River of Life Church. Plans to give us a hope and a future. Not to harm us, but to give us a place where we're going to move forward in him. Amen? Amen? Man, I hope all of you stay this year. <laughs> I hope none of you leave. Because I really do believe, and I don't, I don't, I've never said this before. I've never said this before. Out of my 26 years of ministry, I've never said this before. I believe that if you stay here, you're gonna grow and mature. You're gonna find out what God has for your life. I am confident in that. If you plug in, if you dive in, if you grow roots here, you're gonna see a change and a transformation in your walk, in your life. Have I ever said that before, baby? That was a God thing. This is the year of the church, not just our church, but the church, where we'll see the kingdom of God rise up in ways we've been believing for. This was a prophetic word given to Kristen and I last October about what's to come in 2022. I'm gonna give you some snapshots of it. You guys ready? It was during our New Era conference. And I'll tell you who said this to us here at the end. This gentleman came to Kristen and I and said, I see the Lord lifting off the veil and exposing the fruit of the kingdom of God here. I see God moving your church from one place to the other. The church is turning the corner for its prepared greatness. I see this church accelerate, accelerating to another level, another level and dimension. 
We'll see the church, you'll see this church give in prosperity, hope, and future. He didn't know our theme verses 29 11. You'll see this church give in prosperity, hope, and future, the community and region, region that we live in. He said, the bigger thing's coming, not to be afraid of the storehouses that are at your hand. And then he says, the mantle that I carry, you will carry. This church will carry. And the person giving us this prophetic word was Robbie Dawkins. He says, what I carry, you're gonna carry. So be prepared for persecution. <laughs> because what he carries, he carries persecution. What he carries is miracles, signs, wonders. What he carries is new things. Church is planning up in Afghanistan where you're not supposed to have a church. I'm excited about it, amen? So the Lord is saying over our church what our New Year's revelation is that identity. So what is identity? Very quickly here. I've got about five minutes. Identity in your dictionary means the name of a person. How many of you guys believe that God calls you by name? <laughs> he calls you by name. He calls you by name. Maybe not Mike, but he calls you by your real name. Child of the living God, that's who you are. Identity also means the qualities, beliefs that make a particular person or a group different from others. In Acts chapter 11, verse 26, this is where we first get where the believers in the book of Acts finally were called Christians. See, a lot of us identify as we're Christians, right? We identify as Christians, but a lot of us don't know what really Christian really means. We just say that we're Christian. I mean, we say that we're a Christian nation, but it just as looking at the country in general, we can clearly say and see that we're not really that much of a Christian nation, right? But we call ourselves a Christian nation. It's because there's a lack of identity of what Christianity really means in America. Acts chapter 11, verse 26, it says this, and when he had found them, he brought them into Antioch. And for an entire year, they met with the church and taught considerable numbers. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So you and I are called Christians, why? Because the word Christian literally means belonging to the party of Christ. I do not belong to the Republican party. I do not belong to the Democratic Party, and I don't belong to the Independent Party. No, I belong to the party of Christ. <laughs> I wish they had that on your voting things, right? Do you identify as Republican? No, I identify as the party of Christ. The word Christian in that verse, and they met and they call themselves Christians, is the, the party that follows Christ. It also means to be a Christ follower. So you and me, we're Christ followers. Amen. Unfortunately, the word Christian has been reduced to a religion or even having a set of moral values. I mean, really, how many times have you heard someone say that I'm a Christian, but their lives don't exemplify that at all? We have to be done with that business. Guys, listen, I know struggles happen. I know things take place. I know that things are going on in your life, but greater is he who lives inside of you than he that is in this world. Stop demeaning yourself to think that you're anything less than what God calls you to be, than who God sees you. You are an overcomer, not because of, who, not because of what you do, but because of who he is inside of you. Amen? Amen? Stop following the sin that so easily entraps you. You're not that person. You are set free. If it literally means to be a Christ follower, that should mean if Christ did it, Christ did it in the Bible. If he did it in the Bible, to be a Christ follower means that we can actually, and there's an expectation for us to do exactly what Christ did in the Bible. Amen? 
I understand not one of us here can be Jesus. You know, obviously I'm, none of us here are the son of God. Okay? I'm not the son of God where I gotta die for the sins of mankind. No, that's not it at all. But the reality is that he, not only did he show us the way, he is the way. And when we follow after him, the expectation is just is to follow, but the expectation is for us to do what he said that we can do. See, when Christ died upon the cross and he rose again on the third day, he gave us all a mission. It's called the commission. And the commission was this in Matthew chapter 28. Kayleen, if you can come back up. Matthew chapter 28. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always until the end of the age. This is called the great commission because he expects us to do exactly what that says. But the co means that he's with you. He's in you to accomplish what he said that you can do. See, being a disciple of Christ isn't just calling yourself a Christian. Let me give you a little history lesson here for the next two minutes. You guys ready? As per Jewish customs, if you're a boy growing up in Jewish times, in what we now read the New Testament and in the Old Testament, you were to be trained to be a rabbi. You're all, every family wanted their little boys to be trained as a rabbi. So you started out training under this synagogue and this rabbi, you go to school and education. You would go to the school and you would learn the Torah. You would actually you would actually have to memorize the Torah. Does anybody know what the Torah is? The Torah is the first five books of the Bible of the Old Testament. So you go to school at the age of five or six and you were required to memorize the Torah. The first five books of the Bible, okay? Most kids would memorize the first five books. And at the age of 10, most of the kids would have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy memorized by the age of 10. Isn't that pretty amazing? Now, after this time, these kids that memorized this, they would go back home, go back home and learn their family trade. But the best of the best, listen to this, the best of the best, they would stick around and continue on in their education. They would memorize the rest of the Hebrew scripture, Genesis through Malachi, okay? So they would memorize, they would stick out with this rabbi, they'd stick out in the synagogue, and they would continue in their education. Now, if they, if they couldn't do that, then the rabbi would say, you need to go home and just learn your family trade. But the best of the best then would come under and say, I wanna, I wanna further all my education. And so they would have that, and they would have to be required to memorize Gen Genesis through Malachi. Now, after this portion of education, which is called the Beit Talmud, these kids now, they're like 14 or 15 years old. Think about that for a second. <laughs> 14, 15 years old, memorizing Genesis through Malachi. They had these portions of scriptures memorized. Now, after this time, most of them would leave and go learn their family trade. Whether that be woodworking, crafting, fishing, whatever the case is, right, they would go. But the best of the best of the best of these kids 
they were to continue on with their education, which is called Beit Midrash. In this level, they would have to find a specific rabbi. They would have to fill out an application to apply to that rabbi. Okay? They have to apply to that rabbi to be that, rab that rabbi's disciple. Okay? You guys tracking with me? They'd have to apply to be that rabbi's disciple. And they would come to this rabbi. Right? Now remember, this is the best of the best of the best of the best. Everyone else up until this point, if they didn't make that cut, they, they're, they're learning their family trade. See, when we talk about being a disciple, we typically about learning, learning about Jesus. But in Jewish customs, being a disciple didn't just mean knowing what he taught. It meant knowing him. So when you apply to be a disciple of a rabbi, you didn't want to just sit under his teaching to know what he knew. No, what you're really saying is, I want to come under you and sit under you so I can be like you. That's what it meant in Jewish customs to be a disciple of a rabbi. You would follow your rabbi everywhere that rabbi went. You'd follow closely to that rabbi. Every time he went to eat, you'd follow with him there. Every time he went home, you'd follow with him there. Everywhere the rabbi went, you would go as a disciple of that rabbi. Now, every rabbi had a portion of scripture that they would interpret differently. Okay, they would say, I interpret this Genesis portion of scripture differently than the other rabbi. And that interpretation of scripture is called yoke. So the disciple would take on the yoke of the rabbi. You guys tracking with me? So the disciple would take on the yoke of the rabbi. So now you apply for this rabbi and he would grill you with questions. He would ask you things educationally. He would ask you about all the, the books of the Bible that you've learned, all the things that you should know so you can move on to the, the next level of becoming a rabbi. And basically what this rabbi was doing by asking questions and by grilling them with questions, he was, he was really just trying to find out, can this person, can this 15, 16 year old kid do what I do? Can this kid do what I do? And this rabbi would say something like this, I see you love God, I see that you love the Torah and the scripture, but you're just not good enough. They would tell these kids, you're just not good enough. Go home, learn your family trade. You can't follow me. That's what a rabbi, if he didn't think this kid made the cut, he would say, you're not good enough to follow me. Go home and go learn your family trade. You're best suited for that. But if the rabbi thinks, you know what, this kid's got it. He can literally do what I can do. He would say to this kid, I think you got it. He would say, come and follow me. Come and do what I can do. And this kid who's 15, 16, maybe 17 years old, he would drop everything, everything to follow the rabbi, to go and follow the rabbi, to do what the rabbi did, to follow closely by hand the rabbi. And a saying developed in those days that said, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. See, this is what it means to be a disciple. So now, Let's fast forward to Jesus. So here comes Jesus. He's walking down the Sea of Galilee. You guys picturing this with me? Here comes Jesus down the Sea of Galilee. And he says to Peter and Andrew, Jesus says to them, come, follow me. He says, come and follow me. 
Now, if Peter and Andrew on the Sea of Galilee are there fishing, obviously they weren't good enough to make the cut to be a rabbi. Obviously they weren't good enough. They didn't make the cut, guys. But here's Jesus, this rabbi. Here's Jesus. And he walks up to Peter and Andrew and says, look, I know you didn't make the cut. I know to the other people, to the other rabbis that you weren't good enough. I know that, but I think you can do what I can do. Jesus says, I think you got it. I think you can do what I can do. Drop everything, come follow me. And so what did Peter and Andrew do? They literally dropped all their fishing nets, right? They dropped their fishing nets and they said, I'm going after you. If you put this into context, you can really understand how much is meant to follow after somebody. So here's Jesus, he walks up to him, he says, you may not know enough, you may be not good enough, you may, not, you may not be trained enough, you may not be skilled enough for everyone else, but I want you to know, I see something in you, Peter. I see something in you, Andrew. Come follow me. And here's Peter and Andrew, they just follow him willingly. And they follow him all the way to death. Why? Because they follow closely to their rabbi. They said, they made a commitment on that day. I wanna do what my rabbi does. I wanna be just like my rabbi. I wanna be just like him. You see, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ means that you are to follow closely and be a representation of Jesus to this earth. You can literally do what Jesus says you can do. You can literally do what he said in his word that he laid out in plain English for us to do. Why? Because he thinks you can do it. You may not be smart enough. You may not be good enough. You may not make the cut. You may not have gone to Bible school. You may not, but God says, I don't care about any of that stuff. All I care about is I think you can do what I can do. So what does it mean to be a disciple? It means to follow closely. And this year, in 2022, we're gonna truly learn what it means. The identity is gonna roll out for us to, to know what it really means to be a Christ follower, to be a Christian. Amen? Let's stand. The first step of becoming a Christian is giving up your life. You gotta give up your life. Every head bowed now, every eyes closed, and I'm done. You gotta give up your life. You can't hold on to what you want. You can't do it. You can't live a double life. You can't do it. You have to give up your life. The Bible says, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. No more of this. No more of this. Well, we're just gonna just, just pretend that God loves us and we're all gonna, no, listen. You better learn that there will come a time in our lives and in our hearts where we have to make a decision. Are we gonna be Christ followers or we're gonna pretend to be Christ followers? What is it? See, this morning, if you don't know who Jesus Christ is, yes, he loves you. Yes, he died on the cross for you. He wants nothing more than just to have a relationship with you. Yes, he'll accept you in all your faults. But when you become a Christian, it means, God, I'm giving up everything that I once held dear to my life. 
the thoughts in my mind, my, my intentions, my agenda. I'm laying it all before you, Jesus, and I'm giving that up so that way I can follow you, so I can follow you closely. Come to the family. Be a disciple of who Jesus is because he wants you. He thinks you can do it, every single one of you. So if you're here this morning and you don't know who Jesus is and you wanna know him this morning, all I want you to do is raise your hand real quick and put it right back down. If that's you, good, there's one in the back. Anybody else? Says that's me too, thank you so much. Anybody else says that's me. Hallelujah. Amen. Now listen, what you're saying, you're saying I'm giving up my life and I'm following Jesus. I'm not telling you don't have to pay bills. I'm not telling you any of that stuff. I'm telling you, your thoughts, your agendas, your intentions in your heart, the things that you hold dear to you in your heart, the things that you think that you are, your, you, what you think your identity is, you're laying that before Jesus and he's gonna reveal to you who you really are. So Jesus this morning, there's a couple of people that handed you books, okay? They're gonna connect with you after church and they're gonna walk through with you. They're gonna pray with you after church. So Father, this morning, I just ask and I pray as we come into this new year in 2022, as we discover who you want us to be, God, as you unveil for us, God, the things that you desire for us. God, help us, Jesus, to keep our eyes focused on you. All we want is you. All we need is you, Jesus. We want the presence of who you are more than anything else, Jesus. Father, help us to submit our hearts and our lives to you, God. Help us to follow you so close so that the dust of your feet may cover me. God, I honor you. I bless you. Everything that we are is for you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen.